2: Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host Brandy Stark, and on today's episode we are going to catch up with some supernatural animal ghost stories Uh, these have been submitted to me through email and online with permission to share i think it'll be kind of fun i've been saving these up for a little while so you'll get to hear other people's ghost stories through my voice but hopefully you'll enjoy these true to life encounters we'll start them right after these messages
1: Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away.
0: Cupine! Life Radio has got to talk on fur flying. Fantastic deals for our listeners. Go to PetCodeals.com and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of items at Petco. PetcoDeals.com um, but, but, but that's not all. Are you
1: talking to me? Get At- yeah.
0: radio listeners. Try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with heads. Air Muscle and Radio Root Cyclone Technology. Generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. Go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Back. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leeches, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: To hear that. Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host. Brandy Stark.
2: And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark, and today we are doing a grab bag, catching up on some of the submissions of Animal. Ghost stories that have come through. Uh, The first series actually comes from Jolie Bonnet, who is an artist formerly of Texas, currently of New Jersey, I believe, who does a really fantastic assortment of art. Some of my favorites are her anthropomorphized animals, she does digital art acrylics. I believe she does patterns. I seem to recall these beautiful images that she's created. In fact I have one of her pieces here. So uh, she is bold enough and brave enough and uh, has a great artistic attitude that if people think this is strange that's their problem. So she shared a series of her stories on haunted animals. So and actually she sent in several. (laughs) This is great. The first story she starts off. I've had pets from the time I was five until just recently, and I've always bonded with them on a level I achieve with precious few human beings. They are more like my friends and children than just pets, as most people consider them. I've loved and lost many animals in 42 years, but I haven't truly lost them. Often they come back, and sometimes not in a solid form. I've had all manners of things happen, from a phantom clicking of claws on tile, to spectral rabbits racing through the kitchen, and the tickle of furry bodies against my calf and greeting. These are just a few of the experiences that I've accrued. The first one's called Dukes from Beyond. I got interested in ferrets around the year 2000. From that time on, I had ferrets. I went through seven of them, all told. It was both a great joy and a great sorrow. They are bright, vibrant, lively little creatures, which will make you laugh to the point you almost pee your pants. However, they're also frail and poor breeding in the pet trade, and this has made them susceptible to pancreatic and kidney cancers adrenal diseases, and immunodeficiency issues. They can also tend to be rather short-lived. So I went through pairs and singles as one or another would get sick and die or just pass from age. After all that, I decided having to provide their hospice care was taking too great a toll on me and that I just couldn't do it anymore, no matter how much I enjoy these dear little things. My third pair, Lilo and Nani, had been adopted to keep their elder Freya company after we lost my first ferret, Loki, and rescues Raymond and Noodles, to adrenal disease and pancreatic cancer. Ferrets are very social creatures and they do better when they are part of a group called a business. It's an amusing term considering the only business a ferret ever gets up to is monkey business. It wasn't until that third pair that I realized the previous ferrets were still with us. After Freya passed due to a combination of age and adrenal disease, we had been forced to get a new cage for the girls because Nanny, the terror of the house, had figured out that she could just pry open the door of the old cage. No matter what I did to secure it, she found a way to squeeze out. We moved to a new apartment not long after. We'd just gotten settled onto our slightly bigger place, and we were flopped on the sofa watching TV as the girls dozed in one of the lower levels of their deluxe condo cage. I felt and I heard a rustle behind me and behind my head. Apparently, my boyfriend felt it too. We both followed the sound as it moved from the back of the sofa to the new ferret cage. Then, with a jingle of metal clips it hung from, the hammock on the top level of the cage moved as if the ferret had run across it. I caught a glimpse of a whitish streak zooming through the cage, and we both heard the distinct dook 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 sounds of a ferret doing the weasel war dance. We just kind of blinked, looked at each other, and started laughing. I said, hmm, apparently we have ghost ferrets. He said, well, that explains some of the stuff I've been seeing and hearing. And we went on about our relaxation time. It's funny how you get used to the weirdness that can creep into your life. The next story she includes is The Cat Came Back. Right before I moved north to New Jersey to live with my best friend and her partner, my 14-year-old cat, Pixie, went into kidney failure and had to be humanely euthanized on New Year's Day 2012. I was devastated. i gotten her as a tiny kitten that didn't even fill up the palm of my hand not long after my mother passed away. She was my little sanity keeper. Without her, I'm pretty much sure I would have been a total breakdown while in mourning. Pixie and I went through a lot together. I managed to keep her even though being first totally homeless and then extremely nomadic for about two years. She stayed with me through numerous moves and a few relationships that went bad. She grew up and gradually went from an energetic, playful, and capricious thing who lived up to her name to a sassy old woman who took no guff. We got on well because we were both a couple of cranks who had quite enough of foolishness and refused to put up with it any longer. With all that we had been through, I wasn't at all surprised when a few days after she had been put down, I felt the all-too-familiar sensation of Pixie jumping up onto the bed in front of my belly. As she had always had, she crept her way around my feet and then up along my back. In her usual bratty manner, she trod on my pillow. Pulling my hair, as she circled back around to curl at the small of my back to settle in and purr. Later, I was awakened by the familiar sound of her dropping to the floor and then jumping onto my computer chair. In the morning, she continued her rituals by bouncing on my head at the usual wake-up time so I could feed her. I wondered if this was going to continue once I moved away from Texas. Not only did it continue, but Pixie also decided that now she had her Auntie Beth and Sissy Fuzzy around, so she should pest them as well. Not long after I got my ritual, room set up, I was passing through the hall to my best friend's room, and I caught a glimpse of bright white Pixie sitting in the bark-upholstered computer chair out of the corner of my eye. That was my first clue she'd followed me up there. That night, I felt her creeping around the bed. A week later, I heard my friend yelp and went rushing in to see what had happened, thinking she had hurt herself. I found her giggling and saying, your cat decided to come and tickle my leg. She told me she felt something brush her leg, where it was hanging off the bed, and had caught a glimpse of Pixie's model tail disappearing into the bed. Every now and again, her cat Fuzzy acts as if something is pounced on her when nothing is around. Sometimes I'll see things that hang on my wall, suddenly sway as if swatted. Less often, at night especially, I will hear the little burbling sounds, which were her usual vocalizations. With Fuzzy being rather elderly, and with the somewhat psycho old Shih Tzu in the house, we just can't take another pet. It would be too crowded and not good for the two elders. I figure that she's waiting around for the time when she can take on physical form again. When it's time, I'll be happy to have her back. The third story is The Spectral Bandit. When I moved north to live with my best friend in New Jersey, knowing that I was sensitive to spirits, she warned me that there was at least one she was aware of in the house. She said there was an old man who seemed to be kind of moved through the house checking on things. What she didn't know was that there were actually more than just the old man around. It didn't take me long to realize it, but having been around ghosts since I was a child because of the ability to communicate with them runs in the family, it didn't bother me. They can startle me at times, making sudden loud noises or rushing at my face in dim light, but they don't scare me. So I got settled in, pretty much ignoring the occasional knocks, footsteps, or shadows moving in rooms which I knew were empty. The problem with being able to see and communicate with ghosts is that they know it and they're always trying to get your attention. I can get pretty annoyed at times, actually. There was a week when I kept hearing what sounded like things being knocked over in the kitchen and the living room. Sometimes it sounded like all the plastic containers in one of the cabinets were crashing and skittering across the floor. There's a cat in the house, but she's old and generally doesn't jump on shelves or encounters. She also can't get into the cabinets. I'd go and look, find nothing out of place, and just write it off. The cat would be passed out cold in my best friend's room or on the sofa. I figured with the electronics in my room, I might be getting some harmonic mixing effects, hearing noises from outside or something along those lines. Being accustomed to weirdness, i just go with the flow. Well, one night, I'd had a bowl of ice cream and a late snack. I stepped out to take the dish back to the kitchen. After my best friend and her partner go to bed, the house is pretty much dark from my door down to the other end. As I made my way to the switch at the end of the hall to turn on the light, I heard some noises coming from the kitchen. At first, I thought it was the dog in there getting some food. It sounded kind of like that at first. I turned on the hall light and realized the dog was on the sofa. As I heard more noises, he looked at the kitchen, then looked at me and kind of shivered. I scowled, thinking maybe the cat was in there so i went quickly across the living room figuring i'd startle her out of whatever she was getting into i reached up to pull the chain on the light and on the ceiling fan and out of the corner of my eye i see a shape perched on the counter next to the stove I was just about to yell at the cat when I realized the shape was much too big to be a cat. I jumped, thinking that somehow the critter had gotten into the house and immediately turned to face to see what it was. What I saw was a big raccoon on the counter. It looked solid at first, then I realized I couldn't smell it. I know they have a very distinct musky smell because I had one getting into an outside storage closet once. I looked closer and noticed that it was somewhat transparent. I could faintly see the blunder through it. I said, hey, what do you think you're doing here? It looked startled and turned, sitting up on its haunches. It eyes were fairly luminous green like a flashing beam was pointing into them. It had its paws on its chest and I got the impression of ears flicking and a nose twitching. It struck me as kind of funny right then that I was standing there at two in the morning chastising a ghost raccoon in the kitchen. I started to laugh softly. Well go on then get out. I made a shooing motion. You're not allowed in the house. It then hopped off the counter and sort of dissipated through the floor like a smoke as it hit it. From that time on, I've not seen it again. I figured it was relying on the fact that most people didn't see it to keep its activity covert. Now that it knows I can see it and hear it, it doesn't come into the house. I do sometimes hear him rattling about out around the patio and the trash cans, but nothing is ever out of place and the trash hasn't been gotten into any of the times I've heard it. So... That's actually quite a lot of ghost stories from one source. If you are interested in seeing the art of Jolie Bonnet, feel free to look at www.joliebonnet.com and that's uh, J-O-L-I-E B-O-N-N-E-T-T-E dot com. She also has a Cafe Press site it's j-e-b art she has a zazzle.com site under azari a-a-z-a-r-i but definitely worth a check and certainly she has had quite a few animal encounters let's see how about this one all right this one is called shadow animal Uh, it was submitted February 17th and it says I just moved into a new home a visitor told me she saw a shadow run past her The shadow was low to the ground one time I saw something low to the ground black in color race past me my first thought that it was a flasher in my eye Or perhaps a mouse I saw it again in the very same area tonight I saw it for a third time same area same thing It was like a shadow cat or small dog running past my bedroom towards the stairs At this point I had to call my daughter's friend who had also witnessed something To my surprise, she described the exact same thing in the exact same manner I did and gave me the exact description. My daughter told me the very same thing. Neither one of us felt anything negative or bad. We'll keep an eye out and get back to you." Which I think is great. I'd love to find out uh, if they're able to track this down or if they're able to find any history that might connect to an animal in the house. Maybe one that passed away with the prior owner. Oh, how about this one? Uh, This one was submitted February 7th, and it is titled White Animal of Some Sort. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but a few years back I was driving down a country road just as it was getting dark. The road was surrounded by fields, aside from a small patch of woods, that split it in two. As I approached the woods, I saw what looked like a white dog or coyote running along the edge of the woods towards the road. It crossed the road in front of me, but I couldn't quite make out what it was. I watched it continue running off into the field when it suddenly looped up in the air and flew back across just inches from my windshield like some sort of bird. I still couldn't make out what the heck it was, but it scared the crap out of me. Now, that's kind of an interesting story because I have actually been preparing to do a paper on... It's complicated. Literally on Julius Caesar's ghost from Shakespeare's play, Julius Caesar. And in so doing, I've been re-researching some of the old books that I've had here on uh, ghosts and culture. And one instance actually does talk about a medieval ghost that manifested out of purgatory that first showed up like a sparking raven and then transformed into a little dog, and from a a dog transformed into this, you know, cadaverous ghost. And so when I was reading this, uh, that kind of came to mind, that um, Middle Ages story about an entity from purgatory. purgatory. It also reminds me perhaps of a skinwalker from Native American culture, uh, because I do believe that they can actually run incredibly quickly. They're said to be able to actually keep up with cars and things like that. So interesting stuff so far. I think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and take a little break, and when we get back, I will hopefully finish some of these other ghost stories, and uh, we'll get right back to it after these messages.
1: Time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors! Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter. Available on iTunes.
3: Hi, my name is Brent Atwater and I'm the Animal Reincarnation Authority. Join me every week on Alive Again and let me look at your pet's energy to determine if they're going to reincarnate. I'll be able to tell you when they're going to come back and what they look like. So send me your pet's photo and email me your question at Brent at PetLiferadio.com. I'm looking forward to answering your questions on a live again.
0: Every week only on petliferadio.com. Let's talk pets.
2: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio.
0: Pet Liferadio. Petliferadio.com. Pet Life <laughs>
1: To hear that all commercials have mysteriously disappeared Paranormal pets is back with our haunted host our ghost host Brandy Stark
2: and welcome back to Paranormal pets my paranormal pugs are currently running around so just be aware we've got a few more stories to go let's see uh, this one was submitted also February 7th I need to start tracking when people submit these things just to see if maybe there's a spike in phenomena. And the email says, hey, I thought of you this morning when I woke up, I always love those emails, but it's not that kind of email. And thought about a dream I had last night. I mentioned before that I frequently have dreams of dead relatives and friends. Last night I had my first experience with having one of my deceased pets come back to say hi in a dream. It was wild. We lost him in 2006 when he was about seven years old, when he ran out of the house and my parents didn't realize it. Or when he did come home ten weeks later, he was so dehydrated and sick that he had to be put to sleep. The story still brings tears to my eyes. In this dream he was so healthy and no longer mentally ill as we think he must have been and I swear he was carrying on a telepathic conversation with me. That's absolutely amazing. Dreams absolutely would fit. The dream state is actually a very very powerful one uh, and has been associated with ghosts for quite some time so in some ways it would not surprise me. All right we have another email. Now this one was submitted in September, but I had to wait for permission to describe or post it. But it says... um I just got done reading a little more about others' experience with shadow people and animals. To be fair and honest, our house was built new in the 70s, and we've been the only family to live in it. I also live right across the street from a river, and I hear that water attracts spirits. Before our house was built, it used to be a vineyard. Growing up in this house, I never really thought twice about small strange occurrences every once in a great while, but two nights ago, I was lying awake sometime between 3 and 4 a.m., and my eyes were open in the most mostly darkened room, except for a very small patch of light from a computer button or a cell phone charger. And all of a sudden, I saw a shadow figure, after shadow figure, pop up. I was lying facing my fiancé, and I swore I thought I saw a cat on him. I saw its body and tail, so I reached out to touch it and felt nothing. Then it would reappear again after I tried to touch it. Next I saw a tall shadow man rise out of the floor at the foot of the bed in front of my fiance. I think I must have seen the same shadow man once a long time back when I was about 12 years old when I used to sleep with my bedroom door open and I had seen this shadow man appear in the doorway like he was looking at me. But by far, the strangest experience was the one two nights ago when the shadows everywhere uh, were in my bedroom. I was only a little scared, but pulled the covers over my head to ignore them, and I'm 27 years old. It did help me feel better. I'm just curious to know if perhaps we've been wrong to say that animals don't have souls or spirits because many people have seen shadow animals and live animals have been known to see or feel the presence of paranormal beings. On the last note, I'd like to add that we do own a lot of cats, many that have died or have been in or around the house over the years. And I know that the shadow cat was not one of our live cats because I couldn't feel anything. And then, of course, asked about any thoughts. Now, granted, I am somewhat prejudicial because I do believe animals have souls and or spirits. Spirits and or souls, depending. And the West is very backwards in our thinking that they don't. But, um... That's actually one of the very few times I've ever heard of a a shadow gathering quite like that. Uh, So I thought that was kind of an interesting one. Let's see, are there any others that I am to be sharing? There might be one more from January. Okay, January 7th. I'm writing to ask if you could tell me if you think this is a shadow animal. I often see shadow people and saw one about two minutes before speaking to my daughter. I got up to turn off her light. She asked me not to because there had been an animal that was black that was bigger than a cat watching her in the doorway of her room. It had scared her so much that she turned on the light. The thing is that she said it had a bird-like face with darker eyes, which I find a little scary as I can't find anything matching this description. I've asked it to leave her alone. Her bedroom is right at the most active part of our house. Uh, My father-in-law, who has the gift of spirits, calls it our TARDIS, a small boxed hallway that links to the spirit world. Now with this one, my I'm not quite sure what to make of this. It's very unusual to have something with a bird-like face. It's not impossible. The immediate thing that struck me was really the, uh, the image of the beaked mask from the middle ages from the renaissance you'll oftentimes see these kind of creepy bird-like masks with these distended noses and so i did suggest that it might be something along those lines to her if you are not familiar with them uh, in the middle ages uh, when the black death had struck europe there was a belief that the bubonic plague was actually spread through bad smells uh, this is where you get ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. So ring around the rosy is the rosary, praying the rosary, praying for repentance, uh, pocket full of posies. Uh, you used to hold a posy up to your nose because good smells would ward away, bad smells, You know, ashes, ashes, or we all fall down. Uh, there was a, a theory as well that the ring around the rosy was also the swelling of the bubos, the bubonic sore that showed up as a marker of the plague. So, I mean, there's all sorts of fun stuff like that out there. But the doctors used to wear these head-to-toe coverings, almost what we would use today as a hazmat suit. And because it was believed that these things were spread by the air, they would wear these elongated masks that were designed to capture, uh, I guess, good air and to weed out you know the germs based upon the science of the time. So when I initially read that, that was almost immediately what I thought of. Uh, if it had this bird-like face, that it could be. I don't know why you'd have a, a Renaissance-based doctor coming over to America. I'm assuming, but it could be something along those lines in which you actually have an entity from a different time period uh, showing up. The only other thoughts. I mean, you have the anthropomorphic gods of Egypt. I mean, there's there are numerous reports of bird-headed beings, but they're usually connected to the shaman or the animistic shamanistic world somehow so anyway hopefully they found a little bit of peace through all of this but I haven't heard of any more sightings from this particular household either and so I actually think that looks like it completes my backlog Of true-life animal ghost stories. I do have actually one more ghost story that is recorded that will be added to this, and I'll actually pause here so that you can hear this lovely story of a cat visitor. Residue, or do you think he's an active haunting? Well, I would guess it would be active if he's showing me. That's an interaction, right? it could be but he's not communicating much no he more stomachs yeah okay is there an area hi Cat. is there an area where we should go that might be easier for him to communicate
3: no and it's really it's really just weak everything around this image is very um misty not clear at all and it's just this
2: image of his face Okay and notice by the way that the cat is showing absolutely no fear. You guys are supposed to be point- oh, all okay, cat pet you. supposed Aww. to be pointers, right? <laughs> mm? or does that only work for magic? You guys are funny. you're a good cat. You're stuck there you go you <laughs> got a smart cat <laughs> it's okay. that? So is there anything else that wants to be communicated? No. Was this the same entity that was out in the hallway? Yes. Okay. Uh, Why the hallway? Now that we have heard all of those lovely ghost stories, I will wish you adieu. I hope that uh, you have enjoyed these stories as much as I have. I will be adding them actually to the various websites. If you have not checked them lately, you are more than welcome to. I still have the Shadow Animals website, which as far as I know is the only website dedicated to shadow animals on the web as a sole independent site. I do have my own Paranormal Pets page. I have a Paranormal Pocket Pets page, where the ferret story will probably go. What else is there? Oh, actually, you know what I have not gotten in is a recent Paranormal Pug story. So, pug owners, where are you? I would love to add some new paranormal pug stories to my Paranormal Pugs page. For those of you that are curious to read these stories and perhaps hear them in a voice other than mine, you are welcome to go to www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. On that website are links to all of the animal websites. A nice little hub site and again that's spirits s p-i-r-i-t-s-o-f s-t-p-e-t-e-r-s-b-u-r-g dot com. Spirits of St. Petersburg. And I thank you for listening and Don't forget, by the way, support your local animal rescues. There are plenty of animals that are still in need of good homes. In fact, it just saddens me to read some of the stories and accounts that still exist out there. So we need good animal owners to take in some good animals. And with that, I will bid you adieu for this episode. Take care. Pet Life
1: Radio presents paranormal pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.